Welcome to Kingdom Testimony. Today is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, uh, February 14th, 2022, Monday. I was looking in the notebook where I left off in March of 2018. And um, my notes are kind of all over the place, so I'm going to try and put this into something coherent. Apparently I was looking up fasting. There's the Daniel fast, which is water and vegetables. And then you can add fruit to it and milk and honey. And then you can add nuts and bread and cheese, unleavened bread. <clears throat> but no meat and no sweets. So apparently I was going to try that. And, and I, I remember now looking at this. Now this was all very, very new to me. Because as I mentioned before, I had gone, since I was saved, kind of like in and out of periods of like Holy Spirit activity, you know, spiritual stuff happening, but never anything really supernatural. And so now with, with a lot of this stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, that was happening, starting with, you know, January 3rd and then the revival that I had gone to in January, and then I had gone to another one. It was like I was on a trajectory and I didn't want it to stop. So I was listening to a lot of YouTube teachings and I was watching videos on, on like revival type things and just people that were really uh, instrumental and influential in the revival arena. Um, and so March 8th, I wrote, I dreamed about revival for the per first part of the night. There's a lot of talk about revival leading up to the next great awakening. Would this be the final one? I thank Jesus and God that I will be alive for it and get to see it. I'd love to be near my kids when it breaks out. So I was still living up north and they are, of course, down here in Arizona. <clears throat> um, and then I wrote Restoration of the Sons of God and I wrote when not certain what to study just open the Bible and start reading you'll find what you're looking for and I felt that that was the Lord that was saying that so on March 9th as I was waking up I was having a vision and I saw a deep, deep blue sky with whitish-gray clouds parting for the sun to peek through. And then I wrote, but alas, it stops the second I think, what is this? Too much me in there. Um, <clears throat> and it's interesting because I kind of forgot about this because I do actually have a vision of this um well, I have 2019 I was a little bit ahead of myself this is 2018 but in the spring of 2019 I have another vision of of that um but I'm getting ahead of myself um so then I then I realize okay 
the Christian University can't get me in to do the group intensive. I'm going to withdraw. The Lord is leading me to withdraw. And that was, I was almost more than halfway through my master's program. So this was kind of a big deal. Um, but I remember, you know, the Lord was like, we're taking a different turn right now. We're, we're going in a different direction. Are you okay with that? And I remember praying about it and I'm like, yes, I'm okay with that. I'll just withdraw. And I know you have a plan. You always have a perfect plan. But I'll tell you, it took me a long time. And you can probably tell in my voice, it took me a long time to get over, you know, losing out on that much time and money and how they couldn't accommodate. And, and eventually, um, <clears throat> in 2019, I actually did call the college and ask them if they could do any sort of credit towards something else. I wanted to get into... Um, like studies for, not seminary, but I don't know what you would call it, like to be ordained and things like that. I was just like, can you apply that to anything else? Because I really love learning. I love studying. And I'm like, no, we can't, you know. So anyway, <clears throat> I did eventually get over it. It just doesn't sound like I have. So March 10th, I, 2018, I, I had a dream of a man and wife the wife was heavy set, dancing with heavy chains. They were, <clears throat> I thought it was to lose weight, but they would switch between heavy gauge and heavier gauge chains. It was like at a church function, and I can still see this in my head. I went to dance with the guy and got close, and he fell on the floor on his side and was smiling, and he went to sleep. I can't remember what happened to the lady. Then I noticed I was blind. No, I couldn't open my eyes to see where I was going. Eventually I was able to open enough to move away from the altar dance floor area. Then I dreamed I went to my mom's and she lived in a townhouse and she was about my age, but thin and sickly with short chopped hair. She was using a complicated glue gun here now it gets kind of a little a little strange I can still see it um, she was struggling with some crafts she used to do crafts I picked her up and put her on the couch um, the place was super clean which was not like my mom's it was an area uh, there was an area that was dirty and then it goes into some other stuff about my sister that I won't go into but I was treating mom like a child I woke up and thought that might have been what she was like without her mental in illness, innocent, <clears throat> and so on. It might have been how mom felt on the inside. How people feel on the inside is not what we perceive to be as their reality. Okay, so I want to go back to that dream about the chains. I've thought about that dream several times here and there um, because in churches people do have can still be bound um, whether it's you know being 
pestered by demons or just bound by addictions, afflictions, things like that. And I remember seeing this couple dancing. And I remember watching, now I remember that, that guy, he just, I got close to him, he fell on the floor, and I remember his, I don't read it, didn't write it down, but his chains fell off. He laid on his side <clears throat> and smiled and went to sleep. It was very strange. And then I noticed I was blind. No, I couldn't open my eyes to see where I was going. And that also reminds me of how that vision I had when I was worshiping, how there was scales on my eyes. So, you know, that was still a lot on my mind that, that there's scales on my eyes. I need to have these scales removed from my eyes. Um, okay, so now let's, let's go forward. All right, I'm doing some studies in Galatians. Um, okay, and then I note that <clears throat> I took a day where I spent most of my time on YouTube. And the next day the Lord said, okay, you, you were not really being directed by the Spirit. A lot of times when you think you... You know, you are doing the Lord's will. And it's not that we're being punished or condemned or anything like that. It's just like chastisement is like loving father discipline where he's like, okay, you spent too much time on YouTube. Yes, it's okay to look up all those other people and what they did and whatever. But you didn't do any praying. You didn't do any Bible studying. You didn't do any worshiping. And this is what this year is for, is what I felt him telling me. This is what we're doing. If you want to keep on going with this Holy Spirit experience, um, <clears throat> it's going to include first prayer, Bible study, and worship. And then the other stuff can supplement it. And a lot of times I think we think that... Um, Things we find on media that are godly, you know, can take the place of when they can't. They're only for supplemental, you know, and for confirmations and that sort of thing. All right. So then after that, I went into the prayer closet, which I actually, I... I set up <clears throat> the closet in my office as a prayer closet and my husband at the time <laughs> he knew I did and he just kind of thought it was a little strange and I'm like no it just it just drowns out all the you know distractions I don't bring my phone in there I just have a little you know a little flashlight and pen and paper it's just just so I can drown out all distractions and he was watching me go through this bit of a transformation and, um, I mean, he knew I was a serious Christian when we met, but I didn't think that he, you know, I don't think he really noticed exactly how serious I was. Well, apparently it wasn't showing at the time. But anyway, so I went into the prayer closet and I was praying and I wrote... Oh my God, his presence. I feel clothed. It's so strong. Thank you, Jesus. 
my past Christian life was brought to council court. That was January 3rd. To examine my motives and to see where my spirit-filled life would go. Would go. What did I do with my life of law? Move into the new life, the promise of fullness, a life directed by the Holy Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit, <clears throat> these are all notes from the prayer closet. Fruits of the Spirit wrought out in us to get past the altar of incense. And that was from a teaching that Neville Johnson did. Um, if you haven't checked out Neville Johnson's YouTube, I highly recommend it as supplemental. Um, but that guy has, um, he he's not... He's not one of them podium people like, look at me and send me money and, oh, I wrote a book. He was a missionary and he he pretty much tried to keep his life on the down low, but he wanted to also, you know, share what God has shown him. I'll just check him out. Neville Johnson. Um... And then I refer back to January 3rd. Your life under the law was judged. You're entering the promised land, the new life of fullness, like Joshua crossing the Jordan. Everything else is wandering. The door is now open to you. Jesus is the door. The promised land is beyond the heavenly gate. I'm no longer conversing in the portico. I'm standing between the candlestick and the showbread. It feels like clothing. So now this was in the prayer closet, and that's, I'm just reading what it says. Okay. Um, and then I do a study on the, on, this is still in the prayer closet, and this is very important. This was something that Neville and others teach on, <clears throat> and the Lord also showed it to me. And he has continued to show it to me, reveal it to me, how our Christian life is like the temple area. So you have the outer courtyard that you come into, and that is your born-again experience. So you're in the courtyard, and that was open to all of the Jews and the people, and you come in, and the believers come into this courtyard area, and it's like, oh... Here, okay, we're getting close to closer to the throne. We're in the courtyard, and here we are. And then um, you come up to the holy place where they did the sacrifices. And in there they had, uh, and I've never been there. I mean, I'd, I'm just saying what I think I know of it. And you come in, and, and there is the altar, um, no, in the outer courtyard, they had the sacrifices. So your born-again experience means sacrifice. I mean, you have, you have to sacrifice your old life. You have to. The old man has to be sacrificed. So then when you get into the holy place, there's the candlestick, the showbread, the altar of incense. Um, there's the wa washing bowl, water washing bowl. Um, and from my notes, I have the altar of incense... Okay, you have to go through the courtyard before you can get to the holy place. That's You have to go through sacrifices. In the holy place, you have the altar of incense. That's the fruits of the Spirit. Um, candlestick is the oil of the Holy Spirit. 
the anointing, showbread is the offering, the bread of life, which is Christ, priestly garments clothed with his righteousness, the veil is the heavenly gate. And then, of course, the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was is, is the throne room, and that's where you converse with the Father, uh, quotation marks, face to face, where his presence comes in. <clears throat> and that's our Christian walk, is to, is, is to make it through those and like Neville was saying, you can't get past the altar of incense into the most holy place unless you smell right. So, I just thought that was really profound. All right, March 14th, this morning, fire, fire, purging, purifying began while I was still in bed. A note I wrote, combustible, holy bomb. Well, that was something Michael Koulianos wrote, uh, had said. Um... And I'm not advocating, like all these people that I studied at the time, like I'll say a name like Catherine Kuhlman, Mike, Michael Koulianos, I mean, whether, I mean, whether they're good, bad, or whatever, only the Lord knows. I'm just saying people that I learned from. Um, presence, worship, testimony, and the word. And then I remembered what my sister's pastor said, when you don't know what to do, just praise him. So, but I remember that morning I could feel there was fire and it wasn't like when those guys were on the road to Emmaus, they, they said, you know, the, the, the word was burning inside of them, you know, this was like a purifying inside of me. It was purging and purifying and I remember it did not feel good. It, it actually did not feel good. It was, I wouldn't say painful. Um, it was extremely uncomfortable. But I knew that it was a spiritual work that the Lord was doing. All right. And then the next day I wrote, I want more of the fire. <laughs> um, let's see. And I, and I need to share the reason I'm <clears throat> the reason I'm sharing all of this isn't to say you know look how special I am look at what happened to me this I feel like I was an example because the Lord wanted me to start this podcast to share testimonies and when I started it like a year ago or so two years I don't know when I started but um. I felt like it would be sharing testimonies. I don't know what whose testimonies. But um, I didn't expect to be sharing this. Because this, of course, is very personal. And I don't want anyone to think, you know, that this is, you know, that I'm anything special. This was, this is like a, um, an example of what the Lord did in someone's life to, like I said, put, put that person on a trajectory and to keep going. And then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. 
And that's why I wrote everything down. <clears throat> I remember the Lord telling me when it first started, write everything down. I didn't know how long it was going to last. And, um, <clears throat> and it does go into 2019. There was kind of a culminating event in the spring of 2019. And then it just kind of, not, not fizzled out after that, but it, the Lord was like, okay, I've brought you up to speed. And now we're going to, and it wasn't because I was remarried somebody he didn't want me to marry or um, went to a Lutheran church or anything like that. It was just the way events took place. All right. <clears throat> so then I wrote in the notebook, starting over. Number one, seeking the master's face. Number two, seeking new and fresh wisdom and knowledge. Um, I felt like I was starting all over again. I, I, here I'm in Proverbs 2, wisdom. And I remember studying this when I was, like, maybe been saved for five years or something. I was studying Proverbs 2, and it's like it was seeing everything in a brand new light. Um, very interesting. The wisdom and understanding thing, which I thought I always had because I felt like the Holy Spirit was guiding me. It was just, it was like, it was like, uh, like a flower unfolding all over again, just like petal by petal by petal, just opening up. And I'm looking into a brand new flower that wasn't part of my life before. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, so March 17th, I wrote, Whatever portion you die to in yourself is added in love to the other person you served. I don't know if somebody said that or if that's what the Lord said to me. <clears throat> That's kind of profound. I wonder, it must have been something the Lord said to me. Or somebody else said it. Whatever portion you die to in yourself is added in love to the other person you served. Wow. I'm going to put a tag right there. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but that's kind of a cool little little thing when you look at it that way. All right. Okay, now let's go to March 20th. Um, I was in the prayer closet. And I heard the word spoken almost audibly. So in, in, when the Holy Spirit speaks, you can, you can hear it in your spirit. Um, but it's got to be almost like when Jesus or the Father speaks, you can hear it. Like I, a couple of times I've heard out loud, like when I heard my name being said on January 3rd, that was out loud. Um, I heard trumpet, almost audible. Um, and then I was, I, I went into, I was in the prayer closet and immediately I thought of judgment. And then I had a vision of a lead figure kind of reminded me of a lion 
or an angel in a white robe. <clears throat> it was sleek and long, medium color, medium color body coming down from a mountain top. And it was followed, he was followed by a black army. They were quickly following behind him. There was many figures and they were coming down the side of a mountain. And I thought of Zechariah and I thought of Joel 2, the Joel 2 army. Is there anything on the back side? No. Um, and as I was thinking about it, I, I instinctively thought, I wrote down Zechariah 6, uh, verses 6 and 8. And let me look at that. Okay, Zechariah 6. Um, there was chariots, four chariots came out between two mountains. The mountains were of brass. First chariot were red horses. <clears throat> second black. Third white. Fourth gristled in bay. Uh, angel answered and said, These are the four spirits of the heavens which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. The black horses which are therein go forth into the north country. The white go forth after them. The gristle go forth toward the south country. The bay went forth and sought to go that they might walk to and fro through the earth. And he said, get you hence. Walk to and fro through the earth. So they walked to and fro through the earth. Then he cried, then cried he upon me and spake unto me saying, behold, these that go toward the north country have, disqui have quieted my spirit in the north country. I guess I'm not sure why I thought that, <clears throat> but more specifically, I wrote on that particular note, the Joel 2, uh, I didn't write the Joel 2 army because at that point I hadn't been really studying anything about the Joel 2 army. But in Joel 2, it says a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There has not ever been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, to the years of many generations. A fire devours before them, behind them a flame burns. The land is at the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses. Oh, that's why I wrote Zechariah 6. And as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devours the stubble, as a strong people set in battle of array. Before their face the people shall be much pained, all faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men, they shall climb the wall like men of war. They shall march each or every one on his ways, they shall not break their ranks. This is what I saw, it was Joel 2.7, I'm going to make a pencil mark. Joel 2.7. That's what I saw. It was a black army. They were quickly following behind this lead figure. At first I thought it was a lion, and then I wrote angel with a white robe, sleek, long, medium-colored body coming down from a mountaintop. There was many figures coming down the side of a mountain, and I remember seeing it in my head. They were following. They did not break ranks. They did not. And... <clears throat> Joel 2.11, the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. So a lot of um, 
teachers or whatever have said, this Joel 2 army is a bad army, and it's, it is not. It is the Lord's army. It says, the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For he is strong that executes his word. The day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? So, <clears throat> and then later on it talks about um, the northern army, which is the bad. All right. Um, yeah. So the next day, I opened randomly my Bible, and I opened up to Joel 2, the day of the Lord. Run like a troop over a wall. And at that point, I had not been studying Joel 2. The Joel 2 army was something very foreign to me. After this, of course, um, I remember finding a lot about it <clears throat> online and in, in uh, studies and things. And then the next day after that, I had written down Jeremiah 4. If you will return, O Israel, says the Lord, return to me, and if you will put away your abominations out of my sight, then you shall not be moved. And you shall swear the Lord lives, in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness. The nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him they shall glory. So, I think I'm going to stop there. That's March 25th. So things things are are happening I wouldn't say daily but you know a couple times a week it's like wow wow <laughs> oh okay you know lots of stuff going on what is this that's that's happening what am I seeing and I, I started getting kind of accustomed to it like this was 3 months in and I remember thinking at that time not thinking you know I hope this doesn't stop because I knew it was going to continue. You know, I, I guess I knew it couldn't go on forever, but I knew it was going to continue. And then on that day I wrote, I feel like I'm turning this journal into a brag book. I'm still reading, praying, and praising. I'm just not writing it all down. I'm more active now in the spirit and therefore can't articulate what God is doing. These are exciting times. So... <clears throat> You know, it wasn't that I was in a fog. It was kind of like, um, wow. And I knew it wasn't going to stop. One thing, though, I do have to say is that um, my marriage was getting very strained at this point. Um, I wouldn't say very, very, but it was getting pretty pretty strained. My husband at the time, you know, he was a believer. Um, but it was, it was odd to be, you know, how can I word this? It's, it's like most people, I guess I would say, where it's like, you know, you go to church, you believe God, you pray when you need to. And, you know, when you hear a good song and, and that's kind of the way we had been living, you know. But the Lord was like telling me, remember back when you were first saved? Those first couple of years, how it was so spiritual, you know. And then when me and my first husband stepped out in faith, 
the first time and moved to Arizona. We didn't know anybody down here. And and I was like, this is a faith walk. We're just, let's just go and see what the Lord does. Let's just go. You know, and and it was it was those times that the Lord was bringing my mind back to remember those times, you know, and uh, like 15 years earlier, where you just said, let's just do it. You know, let's just let's just do it and see what the Lord does. Let's just let's just watch him work in our lives and trust him completely. That's what I was accustomed to, but I had gotten so far away from it because of the first divorce and the pain and the you know, just just life being so unpredictable and ugly and you know, and so the Lord was drawing me back in. He's like, I'm still here. I never left you. I still want to have this supernatural life with you and show you these things. You know, do you want to go back to your first love at any cost? And of course I said, yes. Yeah, I do. Yes, I do. So <clears throat> that's where we'll leave it. And um, until next time, we'll pick it up and and see what happens. This is all... <laughs> This is all kind of new for me again. I remember it as I read it. I even remember writing down some of these things as I was writing them. Um, but yeah, yeah, things start getting pretty strained in the marriage after this. It's, um, yeah, but of course I wanted to keep going. Okay, so till next time, keep professing Christ and have a blessed day.